0: The uh, the local art museum in uh, in Omaha has an exhibit right now called The Art of Seating, 200 Years of American Chair Design.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I mean, that's how are going to be incredible all the way, or it's going to suck until, like... 20 years oh, oh. ago.
0: It's $10, so it, yeah. these better be some sweet chairs. These better be some real oh. good chairs up in here. <laughs> there's
2: a, there's a museum here in Longmont, which, like, I think it's the second Saturday of every month, is just free. And it's like, So the rest
0: oh, of the cool. museum is free, but this is like the special rotating, oh. you know, fancy
2: exhibit that you have to pay yeah. extra for.
3: Gotta buy your ticket for it. Yeah. But you We're can see on these chairs. For
2: free. So you have to pay only to learn about chair history. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they, they rotate it
0: out every couple months, but yeah. I like the how chairs, much man. has that
3: technology really changed over the years? Oh
2: probably a ton. I don't think it could
1: feed a museum. Like it's gotta be at most like a ninety nine percent invisible episode. Like it can't be a fucking museum. <laughs> no, I was, Come I was on. Thinking,
0: hell yeah.
3: But yeah they're just going to be fancier versions of the same basic design thing right, right? but think, this is like,
0: 200 years of jim must Come talk on. about like throat. at
1: most there's gonna be like <laughs> there's gonna be at most like a decade when everything went to shit can somewhat because someone had like uh a, a really bad idea that they when? really presented wait, wait. as revolutionary and just
2: didn't when fucking was the work. sofa invented like
3: yeah. That's a oh. great question. That would be yeah. a great I bet podcast they, topic I bet
2: they for sure. talk about when the sofa was invented. Is that even a chair? I mean, come they on. They said That's like a whole the art of long seating. Chair. They said it was... Oh, sorry, the science of seating. That is they true. They included true. all yeah. seating. So,
0: sofas. Oh, my God. Look at this one. This includes... Uh, over a dozen miniature chairs.
1: <laughs> why from the,
0: the uh, University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Architecture's collection of over twenty thousand miniature chairs? What? what?
2: <laughs> <But> why? <laughs> I guess.
0: It's how many are we talking it, about?
3: Chairs. small smaller these things? I
0: don't know, man. I'll have to go.
3: I have to go. Yeah, it's dude, the art of go. sitting, not of the dude. art of chairs, like. <laughs> You can't sit on miniature chairs. Do they have that thing for mice. Um, yeah. So if it's the if it's the art of seating, there's a thing that they do. I think it's in Japan where it's like uh, everybody's kind of sitting sitting on the floor around a low table, but the table has like a skirt on it, and there's a heat oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. underneath Ooh. the table.
1: Yeah, but that's a miniature. It's just different. <laughs> like I wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a boating exhibition and see like a glass bottle with a ship inside. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> okay, but what <laughs> about
2: a glass bottle with a ship inside, which could sail the open seas? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you I don't mean, know if that, you that those things are seaworthy. Yeah, but make one that no. small, but can sail the open seas. That can go up-
3: If I learned anything, if I learned anything from the book Stuart Little, it's (laughs) that all miniature boats are perfectly seaworthy and functional down to the smallest uh, detail. (laughs) Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I'm Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my great co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, what are you sitting on right now? I,
0: I am seated and ready to go on this <laughs> like $40 office chair that I got from like Target on clearance. I didn't plans. think that we were going to talk ago. about...
3: I didn't think we were going to talk about chairs this entire episode, but apparently that's what it's turning into. Rebranding. I love love chairs. (laughs) Chairs are great. That voice that you hear coming in from Colorado is Vicky Storm. Who, I'm sorry, Vicky, that I messed up having us scheduled a couple of weeks ago and it didn't work out. But I'm glad to have you here now. Hey, I'm glad to be on now. And your (laughs) cheers. And your co-author on the thing that we're going to talk about uh, is Emma uh, Flores, coming to us from Mexico City. I think this is, I think this is the first time we've branched out internationally, other than some goofy uh, Brits who joined the show. <laughs> yeah, that barely, that barely Brits counts.
2: don't count yeah.
1: for anything. I mean. <laughs> right. should people from Mexico City count for anything that's something I ask myself people from Mexico frequently. City should at least count more than Brits Brits are barely people <laughs> okay uh, that's that's fair like they they probably have uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna want to say less or more turfs so I'm just gonna show <laughs> they
3: have it's an epidemic Turks.
0: plaguing the globe
3: yeah it's Turf Island and Turf Valley yeah <laughs> 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 well, Vicky and Emma, we're delighted to have you on the program. Uh, we we want to dig into your piece of writing uh, as we go along, but first, I think we're going to start off with uh, some things that impact the 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 Midwest, the Great Plains, like we usually do. Um, Hell yeah! I, I wanted to start off with. Uh, I don't know a ton about the guy. Maybe Brendan can fill me in a little bit. Uh, Jay Inslee. Oh yeah, is running for the. Uh, for running for the presidency and he posted a thing today that said that not only is the Democratic Party not going to host a debate for the primary candidates on climate change but in fact they will blacklist anybody who participates in any kind of climate debate whatsoever
2: what? yeah. yes they were like yeah we're not doing a climate debate and anyone who does a third-party climate debate is not showing up to any debate we host.
1: Yeah, you yeah. have to sign debate so
0: exclusivity just, only.
1: So just protecting little boy Biden or what, what's
3: going on? I think that's the thing. I mean, I, I really think that's the thing that uh, Joe Biden, who <laughs> I, I believe is the party's kind of selected, like pre-selected candidate – does not have anything inspiring on the topic of climate change. And so they don't want to put him up against climate change. Yeah, they don't they don't want to put him up against anybody who has a better idea. Who has any idea. They certainly don't want to televise it. Yeah, I,
0: I don't think it's just Biden, though. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole Democratic Party is like, whoa, a, a, an entire debate focused on climate change? Somebody might start talking about how Democrats haven't really done a great job on this issue <laughs> well, either, right. yeah. and we can't Demi- have
2: that. we got to shut that down before it even starts. Democrats are perfectly happy talking about how climate change is real and we have to do
1: something about it, but they don't want something. to actually do something about it. Oh, they need to invite a Republican first. Like they need to find and find a Republican so they can say, "Oh yeah, whatever the guy believes, that's dumb and non scientific, and probably deserves to have their city like flooded and uh, all, 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 all its all their, his constituents put to the sword." And well. <laughs>
2: They are going to have a Republican in it. It'll be Biden.
3: (laughs) No, no, no. They won't
2: have
1: one. That's the the point.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's so easy to, you know, talk about climate change or, you know, have a climate change debate with a Republican because all you have to do is say, like, I believe that climate change is real. And then people are like, "Boom!" He and won the I debate. Believe we need to do right. something about it. But yeah, if everybody agrees that it's real, and then you have to actually figure out what to yeah. do, and there's not a lot of agreement there, so it might be like a real yeah. debate, and that that's just not the type <laughs> of thing that they're interested in. You know, people might turn off; it, it like, might be too boring, and people would talk about policy or something. They'd just change
2: the channel, and they wouldn't get the ad dollars. Like some Republicans are willing to admit climate change is happening and we have something to do with it, but they aren't willing to admit that we should actually act to do something because you know the free market will fix it. To Republicans now, are like we said climate change was like not
0: real before. We admit that it's real now, but we also think it's, it's good. good actually. Yeah, we love it <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. because <laughs> yeah. like just think of how much easier it is to do Arctic shipping and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Uh, and new beachfront property The fucking uh, Ben Shapiro uh, Well if your house is on the coast And it's gonna flood You could just sell your Why house not you just sell house <laughs> It's such a great system You know Just, just sell your flooded house like, People love to buy that
3: shit 100% And and, <laughs> you know, and part of the reason I bring this up Brendan, also is because We had a, a tweet from our, our Giant wet soggy boy uh about how he finally signed the um the the disaster relief bill um, right. <laughs> which which in part apparently seems to be directed toward uh the the flooding that we've seen through Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas actually Oklahoma isn't mentioned, neither is Missouri, so it's uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas um, and then oh, so also the states that
1: have voters early. Yeah. But then <laughs> oh, also, <totally. laughs>
3: but then also California and you that's for the fires. Up, yeah. You brought up a really good point that this disaster relief apparently is also addressing wildfires in California that happened. Jesus Christ, a year ago. It'll uh, probably
1: happen again by time, by the time any oh, yeah. election comes around. So it's probably hedging yeah. their vets.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it's so funny because they, they keep pushing these disaster bills and then another di- like a disaster happens like every fucking day now. So uh, it's such an easy excuse for them to be like, oh, well, another disaster happens. So let's just start over, you know, glom this next disaster onto it and then never actually accomplish anything. It- it's a wonderful system that they have. Now, <laughs> and
3: we talked about it last week, too, because uh, there were some Republicans who were holding up this disaster relief bill. Uh, it, it, waiting for it to incorporate, like, billions of dollars for wall security. Did that ever happen, or did they just kind of get shut they, down? I
2: think they gave up on that finally. They, they backed
3: down, yeah. yeah.
2: But, like, the stuff in, in, like, Iowa is pretty serious, because it seems like there's just not going to be enough corn for next year. Well, you can't plant in, if your fields are under four feet of water or whatever. Right. And so... But it's not. It's not just that. It's also that everything they've already planted is probably going to need to be replanted. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's all fucked up in all
0: kinds yeah. of ways. So, uh, thankfully, now they're getting this disaster relief, so they could just get some money and just be like, "Well, I was, you know, I was not going to be able to grow any corn, but now I just have this money instead. So, you know, <laughs> right. p- problem solved. And that's good for. Th-
2: that's good for yeah, them. Yeah, it's fine for them. <laughs> but the rest of us are still not going to get the food because that corn's going to feed all our livestock. Exactly. It's supposed yeah. to feed all our livestock. It's supposed to go in everything we eat. Your
3: cornflakes, your beef, your corn-fed pork and chicken products are all going to explode in cost. I've got uh, a and- proposal
0: for you. It's called... Beyond Burgers, the food of the
3: future. <laughs> That's
1: all based I'm on sure soy protein. In oh, yeah. Good thing you're going to be able oh, yeah. to import Mexican food. <laughs>
2: oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just, yeah. And also, soy go- soy is getting hit by this. And corn is in everything.
3: Yeah. Uh, actually, the soy thing is really funny. And I think that uh, you, uh, Vicky, and Emma can probably speak to this a little bit, that uh, the, the whole concept of like the soy boy. Is just completely Uh, ridiculous when you know anything uh, about human biology (laughs) that look like H bomber guy made a a whole video about how like phytoestrogens are not the same thing as estrogens. And in fact, like when the alt-right decides that they're just going to chug dairy milk all the time, they're getting a much bigger (laughs) dose of actual like biologically effective estrogen into their system. The racial purity just purges it out.
1: Imagine thinking, like, trans men inject testosterone for shits and giggles where they could they could just eat it. Right. Like, never mind that it's not, like, the same molecule. Never mind that I'm, like, a, I'm a chemist, so I'm just perma-mad about this shit. It <laughs> reminds me of when they just <laughs> would say,
0: like, uh, did you know that bread from Subway... Is just like two molecules away from being a yoga mat or whatever. Where you are like,
1: yeah, most things are like pure carbon is like.
0: Just throw a couple electrons in there. Who knows what could
2: happen. There's there's these like old four chan memes teaching like feminine boys and trans women what sort of diet they need to have to become more effeminate, and it's like all pseudoscientific nonsense yeah, sure. like oh you should totally eat this soy to become more more effeminate
3: and hot. right it's just goop and- for like 4chan trans kids
1: <laughs> i mean the, and that, that kind of shit's like like your edgy like chemistry 101 professor leaves you a homework to make literally any molecule using just pure carbon and like the shit you you were taught. And like in processes that would be prohibitively expensive and destroy the, the, the environment, like the point is to, to say like there's a process for everything. And so that you, you come home, you solve your homework and you say, oh, cool. Like a yoga mat could be made in like 11 steps, like crashing the economy of a country. But, but yeah, hell yeah. Like give me that jet fuel in my corner or whatever the fuck.
2: Right. Or just straight up jet fuel.
0: Yeah, it's just one molecule <laughs> away from sugar. So, you know, it's practically the same
2: thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, so don't, don't give you a sugar through. or they'll become oh, gay. No!
3: So, well, and actually, uh, that that puts me in mind of a, a particularly weird little track that, that happened on, on Twitter today where, I, I guess, Bernie Sanders made a tweet about... Um, it's it, we, we have gone into Pride Month. It's June. It's Pride Month. Bernie Sanders makes a tweet that says, um, like, our campaign absolutely stands with people who are standing up for the rights of LGBT people, um, and here are some things that we need. We need equal representation. We need uh, equal pay. We need non-discrimination at work, and you've got a we- bunch of... Kind of hashtag resistors or I guess, you know, what we what we tend to call like Hillary dead enders going like, oh, look, look (laughs) at this guy, like appropriating this cause in order to just push his economic narrative. Like what, a you know, what a what a demon he is, which is so frustrating for anybody who has anything to do with the queer community going like, look. (laughs) Like, equal pay, non discrimination in employment, these are LGBT issues. And, like, come
1: on, like, literally any other, any candidate, like, other than, like, the Grable teams is not gonna be able to, like, name the, 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 even the labels that they use, like, in, in what the, the Outright calls the alphabet soup. Like, like yeah. Come on, Bernie doesn't know what the fuck queer means. Let's be real. <laughs> like, he probably doesn't really know but at least he knows he's the only one like that said that shit like the only thing that the neoliberal queer people complained about is literally the only thing that matters compared like to the rest of the of the candidates that probably don't know shit. yeah well it almost struck me as like people were saying like hey
0: keep
2: your politics out of my gay rights <laughs> which, <laughs> right, which yeah. i was like this is
0: very confusing yeah. to me <laughs>
2: I, w- I went through the replies of that to just yell at people that yelling at corporations during Pride Month is queer culture. It is a queer <laughs> tradition. We do this every year. I mean, it
3: literally started How- with people throwing bricks at cops for fuck's sake.
1: I don't like politics. I just like yelling on, on Tumblr and hating each other instead of <laughs> at companies. Like, and come on. You did have had- to, to. Go on,
2: go on. Yeah, I had a I had this cishet guy try and argue that point with me and I was like, "Look, there's lots to criticize Bernie Sanders for, but this tweet is not one of them. Shut
3: the fuck up, dude." Yeah. And and to to tie those different threads together, it's it's inane to think that climate change as it Continues to evolve and have consequences for people, and as we see, sort of a state crackdown or the the eventual state crackdown on how you can live, um, if you've got a, a system in place that also is hostile toward LGBT people, they will also be swept up in all of that, right? I mean, like oh, hell yeah. climate change. Oh, yeah. Climate change is also an LGBT issue.
1: Yeah, just like it's a migrant... Te- like, search migrant caravan trans. Just search that yeah. and like have the George Soros conspiracy theories around that. Like, those that aren't just anti-Semitism, like, they're like, oh yeah, we already say George Soros invented trans people, we, we are saying George Soros invented the caravans, so <coughs> right. it's pretty easy. Also, there's a caravan made by trans people, so ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Like, and, of course, like, this 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 shit's just gonna get worse with climate change. So, uh, like, you're gonna see, like, a lot more stories of dead trans uh, people from Ecuador. Yeah, there was recently a story about this
2: uh, trans woman who died in ICE custody. Yeah. But th- they... Well, uh, she technically didn't die in ICE custody because they recognized she was gonna die, so they released her from their custody, like the day before she died. That way they don't have to do an investigation into her death because she died outside of their custody. That's convenient.
0: They had uh, an amazing situation where uh, one of the children who died in custody was in a facility in Texas and fell into a coma and they ended up actually shipping them secretly to Omaha. Where they later died in the Omaha Children's Hospital, and then basically they tried to cover it up and you know say that they had never had anything to do with this child, and just to say like, well, hey, they didn't die on our watch, you know, they weren't even here, you know, we sent them to Omaha to die, so not our fault. So yeah, the the way they treat these people like pawns is just disgusting.
1: I honestly don't know, and I think it would probably be a really interesting data to see if it's more dangerous to. Face ICE or face the cartels? Like,
3: <laughs> yeah, has <laughs> gotta be like,
1: it's gotta be close. Cause I, yeah. uh, every day I see like, uh, like every time I a, a, a trans woman from Veracruz I know shows up in the news, it's a coin toss, and <laughs> I, I, it's it's literally the same day you'll see a, a news story about someone getting murdered by ICE. So. It's, it's got to be neck to neck there. Well, that's
0: part of Trump's consideration is that he wants that situation yeah. because his goal yeah. is to be even worse than the cartel. So that people say, shit, I, I guess I'll just take my chances here. I don't want to have to go up and you know deal with these jackbooted ICE thugs. And, oh, so that's I, the I, entire and it's Lopez Obrador's, yeah.
1: like it, Obrador's goal because he wants ICE to do that so they stay in Mexico and work. Like, the just announced, like, they arrested a migrant uh, rights activist, two of them, actually, just because, like, the Homeland Security guy suggested it to uh, the foreign the foreign relationships guy, Marcel Brad, who's uh, just the biggest weeaboo, uh, so you know he loves migrants. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just loves that foreign policy in Japan. And he, uh, as soon as Homeland Security suggested it, that it might help in negotiations. They arrested these migrant people. Because what the plan is... Oh, sure, we've got a lot of like jungle to burn down and construct trains over it. So we need all the hands we can get. So stay in Mexico, because <laughs> you'll fucking die if you try to go to, uh, to the United States. Yikes.
2: But, like, the other thing is she died in... The trans woman died in New Mexico. Or it might have been Nevada. I forget which. It was one of those two. But... She died there because ICE has decided the way they're going to deal with queer people is they're setting up what they call the LGBT pod, which is a ICE facility which only detains queer people. And it detains them in a completely separate facility from... Everyone else. And, and presumably, oh, yeah, sure. it's, it's, it's
3: not going to be like a cool nightclub where everybody can just kind of yeah. hang out. No, no, no. Out. It's, it's going to be gonna literally be. like
1: what happened in Mexico yeah. up until like right now. That it's that there's like AIDS pavilions. Like, they, yeah. we still haven't removed the label. Uh, we, we still haven't put like woke clear facility detention yeah. center or, or whatever the hell ICE does. Or,
3: ahem, you know, other places in history where we can look at where they. Uh, just kind of concentrated the population of queer people for yeah. a
2: while. Oh yeah, for Maybe sure. Maybe give them a pink, a pink triangle, yeah, sure, something say.
3: like that. Well, hey, I I think that's a decent place. I think that's a good place for us to transition into uh, what huh. you two have written about <laughs> together. So let's take a little break there, and we will come back and dig into uh, your manifesto. How about?
4: It appears some changes were made to
1: the White House website. The alterations were made during the inauguration of President Donald Trump. The top issues sections that were deleted include climate change, LGBT rights, civil
0: rights, and health care. They were replaced by sections labeled America First Energy Plan, American First Foreign Policy, and standing up for our law enforcement community. These new sections on the site directly correspond to the many issues that Trump focused on during the presidential campaign. Trump's transition team has yet to respond to a request to comment on it. So Taylor Swift has a new album out.
3: <laughs> I don't think that's exactly where we were. Wait,
2: wait,
1: wait! No, no, no! There's material here.
2: No, there's a, there's actually a Carly Rae Jepsen, a new Carly Rae Jepsen oh, album yeah. and I was actually listening to that before we started recording to hype myself up. Is it as good as Emotion? Because any can anything ever be it as is, good? It's better than Emotion.
1: What? It is. What this, the fuck? Get out of It's here. also of way pocket.
2: hornier. It is super horny.
1: But, like, actual horny or only for Max Landis horny?
2: It's got a song oh about masturbation in it. That's all the songs. That's all. The, every song is about that. See,
1: that's how you abolish gender. Carly Rae is gonna abolish gender. Yes. Why the fuck do you invite us on?
2: Give, give Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> a sword so she can abolish oh, gender. Yeah. Cut down the patriarchy. Pride month, done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm super excited. Carly Rae Jepsen with a sword. Yeah, no, I'm a
0: huge uh, Carly Rae stan. Side B forever. <laughs> same, okay. same.
3: But let, 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 let's introduce our actual project. Yeah, absolutely. So Vicky and Emma, you have written a, a pretty amazing piece of work, which I think is just called The Manifesto.
2: The Gender Accelerationist Manifesto.
3: Yes. I've read the Gender Accelerationist Manifesto, and you do an amazing job, something that I've never seen anybody else do on this topic, of relating gender normativity, gender roles, to a Marxist class-based struggle. And I hope that the two of you can take us through maybe the thesis and we can talk about some of the ramifications of that.
2: The fundamental thesis is that we can analyze gender materially, and that it's fundamentally a class system. The modern gender system was developed through the process of colonization. And in this process, it by necessity sort of hardened and became way more rigid as Essentially, as it got imposed upon the world, it had to become rigid, or, be, or it would have to accept all the gender variation around the world. But by becoming more rigid, it created this glut of people who just don't have a place within the gender system, and the gender system just has no way to accommodate us, and we end up being like queer people and especially trans people.
3: It it might be worthwhile to back up just a little bit because okay, yeah. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that everybody knows that gender as a construct in say just broadly western society is just one of many models that oh, various yeah. civilizations have had.
2: There's been third genders here's in many in many uh societies here in the americas the example i use in the manifesto or the boogie they have five genders two who are roughly analogous to cis men and cis women then there's two which are people who were born assigned as men or women but they go through these ritual processes which allow them to become accepted as as filling the roles of the uh, opposed gender, and they are treated as a separate gender from those first two. Well, two separate genders as those first two. And then there's a fifth group, which go through their own rituals, and they present more androgynous, and they're roughly equivalent to non-binary people. And it's still a class system, but
3: it's a very different one from what we have here in the West. Emmy, it sounded like you wanted to say something on that topic.
1: The roughly analogous part is not something to just gloss over. Um, it's not it wasn't the same to be a conservative
3: will try to like go back to the past and like they recognize that masculinity has changed. You've got like in the in the Greek epics, you've got men openly weeping in joy or in sorrow, and that's not a thing that adheres to the like the american say version of what masculinity is right now
1: right but it's not not only like a change it's not a continuum not only are there hard stops for some uh, conceptions of what sex and gender are the, the impositions, the the self-hardening that they have to do to make those impositions. Like, you can't just be casually religious and have an inquisition, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> when Europe
2: colonized the world, they had to go around, and when they got to places, they saw different genders. People who presented differently, who performed their gender differently, who had genders they didn't consider, and they had to go... And stick to their guns in order to enforce their system of gender.
3: Right. You see different sort of gender norms, uh, say in Iran or among various, uh, Native American populations.
2: Yeah. The process of this, of imposing European gender upon the whole world, not just transformed gender around the world, but also transformed gender in Europe because Europeans had to be way stricter about gender themselves, and they had to be more rigid. There's these people in southeastern Europe, I believe Albania specifically, they were born as women, but they went through this ritual where they pledged celibacy, and then they took on the social role of men, and they were not treated like women. They were treated as if they were men who didn't have sex. And that goes away as Europe starts imposing their own gender upon the rest of the world. Because that sort of flexibility cannot survive this sort of authoritarian imposition of a single system of gender. There's such an
0: assumption among the kind of cis population that that's just called natural, right? Oh, yeah. it's just, that's natural. There's just men and there's women and that's just how it is. And there's nothing else. And if you try to say there is, there's wrong. is, you're wrong.
3: Yeah, it's completely tying uh, sexual characteristics to gender characteristics.
1: Well, they are completely tied because yeah. you can't talk about sex without talking about gender because we <clears throat> joke you living leaving a society.
2: But they're wrong about what the connection is when they talk about this connection between sex and gender, they tend to talk as if sex is just this thing that exists completely separate from our social systems, and gender just naturally arises from this completely transcendental thing which all of us have, when really it's sort of the opposite. Because what happens is we construct these systems of gender, then we start looking at our bodies and viewing them through the lens of this system of gender. We no longer look at a penis and think, oh, that's just a thing in someone's crotch. We view it as, oh, that is male genitalia. And that is how sex gets constructed as a social construct, really.
0: Well, and I think that's where a lot of the hostility comes from because it's a form of cognitive dissonance where you know the existence of gender non-binary people is a direct contradiction of their assumption that it's a binary system. And so just the existence of these people causes them mental pain because they just can't conceptualize of someone exposing the lie that it's always been a, a binary system which it never has been and
1: yeah it has to be internally consistent otherwise why the fuck are we imposing <laughs> all these rules on each other like not even no longer like a government going around and, uh, and cutting our hair to adhere to these norms right in most scenarios So, why the fuck are we still doing this? And it's because it's natural and internally consistent. That's what remains uh, after the the material base is set up. So,
3: a couple of questions about the manifesto. I I think that it's really a, a very interesting and radical and very helpful way of looking at gender as constructed in society. I have a couple of questions to help clarify some of the ideas in there. One of them is, there is a difference biologically in humans in terms of who can give birth how does your manifesto treat that
1: as people who can give birth
3: yeah
2: it's kind (laughs) of more complex than most cis people view it most cis people view it as just oh there's women and women can give birth and then there's men, and men can't give birth. But like, once you actually like look at the biology of it, it's way fuzzier than that. There's all sorts of conditions you can have which allow you to give birth, and some of them are consistent with having a penis. Some of them are consistent with growing facial hair. Some of them are consistent with having XY chromosomes, or even the SRY gene.
1: I'm hammering down on this, uh, on the utility of gender to sort of arrange ourselves in our reproductive capabilities. Like, it... Makes shit like the Marvel movies basically not knowing what the fuck was was going to happen with Black Widow. So her entire personality is that she can't give birth and that (laughs) makes her a lesser woman. Right. Like like, that's, it's not just like, uh, this system does not just impose rules on queer people. To be a woman is to be give birth. And if you're a cis woman who can't give birth, are you though? Are you really a woman? Have you really thought about it?
3: And that is that has come up in, like, Western literature for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? You know, that, like, Uther Pendragon's wife, first wife, is barren.
0: <laughs> well, and it's the same thing on a men's side, too. I mean, there's also a, a huge infertility or impotent stigma, you know, among sure. among men oh, yeah. as well. So it's really not a helpful system in any way. Other than subjugating any gender you see as inferior.
3: Now, on on that topic, Brandon, you posted something in our Slack just the other day uh, about an organization around reproductive rights organization that sprung up, um, and they had a really funny acronym for their name. Do you remember what it oh, was? Oh, so this
0: is uh, so Nebraska Benevolent Order of Nebraskans for Erection Reversal. You can go to their website at prolifenebraska.com dot com. reversal, but this is yeah. So this is a, an amazing response to uh, the governor of Nebraska pushing his like fetal heartbeat bills, and uh, while everyone else in the country is like horrified by the laws that they're passing, Alabama, in Alabama Georgia, and, and all this,
3: Ohio. Yeah. You know,
0: Pete Ricketts is like, oh, I love these guys, and so yeah. This this group is is basically explaining that if you're getting a woman pregnant like that's on you when you decide to do that you don't get to decide what happens afterwards so uh yeah it was it was a pretty amazing so this is the uh benevolent order of Nebraskans for erection reversal keep it limp for life aka boner (laughs) kill Uh, and they they provided a
4: uh
0: yeah so they they explained that uh way that pregnancy happens, if you're not familiar, is that someone ejaculates into a vagina. And this is not the fault of the person with the vagina that that happened.
1: If you don't know how uh, male to female transition works, it's bone reversal. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're so, they're so
3: progressive. Well, what, what really stuck out to me... I love their logo. I, it was obviously written by comrades. <laughs> because never once in their entire description of their group or any of the issues that they're interested in, do they use the words man or woman or male or female. They do a yeah. really good job of making sure that everything is couched in the language of people with penises, people with uteruses. You.
1: It's very important that trans men can't have abortions, you know? Yeah. You gotta be inclusive, and pe- yeah, people get right. super <laughs> Jesus.
2: angry about that.
3: I mean we've we've had that pop up on uh, men's lib a couple of times. You know, trans men who who are one hundred percent welcome in the men's lib community, which you know the other like men's rights whatever, uh, fucking hate us for that. We want to talk about trans men as part of the idea of being men. They hate it. When we had the conversation about, you know, trans men talking about menstruating or having an abortion or something like that.
1: Men's rights are a perfect example of how gender has to solidify to combat a perceived enemy. Because anyone else remember how men's rights activists used to basically employ the concept of toxic masculinity all the time. Oh, sure. Like, that was one of the, the number one things that kind of they used to legitimize themselves like when they were still like also doing like videos on atheism and shit before yeah, they sure. like went full fuck feminism and going full fuck feminism meant everything they say is wrong. So when, you know, also liberal feminism incorporated toxic masculinity into the vocabulary, so they had to say fuck it. Now all men's rights activists have to be chats. Because you can't criticize toxic masculinity because that's for feminists.
3: More broadly speaking, anybody who wants to talk about men's issues have to work within a liberal gender construct where we yeah. assume that gender is a thing that's fairly unalterable. But yeah. your but your manifesto says that we could go past that. You're gender accelerationist. What does that mean?
2: So... Basically, by solidifying gender in the way it has, uh there's lots of people who now just don't have a place. And because gender is no longer flexible enough to have these ways where you can ritually change your gender and be able to be accepted as another gender, th- now these people just sort of are against society and against society's conception of gender. There's just this big glut of people who can't accept anything that society puts forward for them, and so we end up being on the outside of the gender system, as even as the gender system imposes itself upon us. And this poses sort of a threat to gender, because if everyone just went outside of that system, rejected the gender they were given, rejected how they're supposed to perform that gender and all that, gender would be dead. The patriarchy couldn't handle that. Really now, it's a race between if there can be enough of us that we can... Abolish gender, or gender can start incorporating us into it, like it does with lots of cis gay men, and survive. And so to be able to get rid of gender, get rid of this class system, we need to accelerate this process of, of gender dying.
3: That gets really close to what my other big question for you was, um, which is where does this leave trans people where we have some scientific evidence that some sort of gender expressivity is related to maybe genetics not necessarily even physical genetics but uh, like brain chemistry
1: that's actually really interesting because it's exactly what happened ages ago people are seeing uh, scans of trans people's brains and assigning them, oh, this is the brain of a woman and this is the brain of a man. Cause the way we analyze that scientific data is gendered. Gender abolitionists and aren't, Vicky and I are in, aren't in charge of MRI machines doing this, this, uh, <laughs> exams, right? Yes. So it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the perfect example of how this, uh, whole switcheroo with gender and sex happened. Like people look for an answer and they don't realize that you know, science isn't neutral. Uh, it's performed by humans who work under a conception of gender. It's like when people prove that, you know, capitalism is super fucking cool because it's natural and they present, like, <laughs> right. some random experiment that yeah, obviously... Yeah, it's, it's the
3: end of history or whatever. Yeah.
1: It's
2: to an extent not that surprising to see brain scans of trans women that look very similar to brain scans of cis women because our brain is shaped by our environment by how yeah. we perceive ourselves.
3: So if that's you, that's going back to yeah. what you were saying about gender works backward to sex.
2: Yes, exactly. Both our ways of conceptualizing brain structures and our ways of conceptualizing ourselves both work to create this idea of a male brain or a female brain cuz when we think of ourselves in a particular way there tends to be particular brain patterns associated with that and yeah, at most it's proving we're
1: not fucking lying right yeah it's it's <laughs> true right. that we believe we believe in gender too because part big part of gender is saying yes to gender right yeah right like, to validate yourself and your self-identity which is an important thing that we should respect You have to say, yeah, this is what a woman does, right? Right,
3: and validation takes place completely within a society that validates or does not based on certain traits and behaviors.
1: Exactly. And also in your brain, so that's why the scans show up that way, I would say. It's not my spleen being especially womanly that (laughs) that morning, right? (laughs) What I'd be
2: fascinated to see is what my brain would look like under one of those scans. Because I'm not... I'm emphatically not a woman, and I'm emphatically not a man. So I have no idea of what my brain would look like under one of those things.
0: Well, yeah, and I think it's, you know, I remember uh, a few years ago, there was this news story about this couple who was raising their child and was raising their child and not telling anyone what the child's sex was. And people were freaking out. Um, and like saying that this is horrible And you know this is child abuse And you know all kinds of stuff It was on CNN like all the time Back before Trump existed And they had to talk about different things right. uh, it was, Oh
1: they'll be <laughs> fine They're probably white so. Yeah oh
0: totally totally. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah it just makes you wonder Like we've Become so accustomed to it that it's so hard for people to think of a way, you know, to just say, hey, what if we didn't impose these, you know, societal stereotypes onto everybody? And, you know, maybe we could have a different world where things wouldn't have to be crammed into two disparate boxes quite as much. Unfortunately, people just don't know what that's like because they can't yeah. conceptualize it.
3: And do a Do a gender reveal party, but instead of it being pink or blue, it's like orange or... <laughs> whatever. <laughs> just rainbows,
1: baby. Yeah, rainbow C4. color. C4, yeah. which just blows and, up. you know, I would probably wanna, like, check if the the parents, like, if they thought that gender was just this cultural thing that they can avoid, either shelter their kid way too much, or if they were 100% sure they weren't reproducing that shit, like, if that's not gonna stick to them. Okay, then, do you cook? Do you do, like, your share of the labor in the house? Uh, or are you just, like, a dude... With a kid that sure. doesn't have gender in massive quotations, right. you know, and it,
0: it, that's the sad thing is that it's it's literally impossible to raise a child in a world without gender because you can't do it because it's it's literally everywhere. There's you know, this, from pre well, built birth. into
2: fucking capitalism. Yeah, There's this paper I uh, read like a few years back, and it talked about this kid who like he was a young boy and he wanted a Barbie, and so his parents were like, "All right, we'll get you a Barbie." He brought it home,
1: so Judith Butter came from behind and just injected estrogen into. Well, the what was
2: happening? <laughs> what happened is he came home proudly carrying his Barbie. But then some other kids saw him and started making fun of him for it, because only girls play with Barbies, and so he never played with the Barbie. That was essentially gender being imposed on that kid, even though the parent was totally cool with not imposing gender on the kid.
3: Yeah, and it's amazing to see how uh, capitalism plays into that binary also. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you've got, like, Target... ...goes out of its way and it's like, we're not going to turn the girl's toy aisle pink anymore. But
2: they're still going to have a girl's toy.
3: But all of the packaging for for a Barbie or for, you know, (laughs) Avengers toys or whatever, they're still going to be feminine or masculine coded within the product chain that is our society. Or even more fundamental
2: than that, let's talk about housework. When you clean dishes, when you, you put your kids to bed... When you go out and buy groceries for your husband, that is all fundamental to gender and that is very important to capitalism because that's all labor that is done that helps reproduce the labor force, that helps keep the workers happy, keep the workers working their hardest and none of that is paid for. Yeah, there's the whole Wages for Housework movement, which grew out of uh, Italian Marxist feminism, I think. They were trying to, you know, get, like, this like, essentially pay for women who do housework for their husbands. And that's super radical because women do all that work and they don't get paid. And that makes that work super different from the work men do at their job
1: and like i, I, saw, I saw a lot of criticisms of that kind of approach because you know you get five marxists in a room and and they'll argue about what kind of labor is the most important revolutionary <laughs> there was recently i was at a conference uh about women and in Sabatista communities and also how can they interact with women in urban communities uh which is a big issue like Sometimes you get angry feminists who show up and say why don't you talk about abortion and it's like Where to begin, right? Uh, maybe because they invented abortion by finding uh, uh, The the thing you stole to make the plant you stole to make <laughs> the pills uh, And stuff like that, but m- more fundamentally than that uh, You know that un- that unpaid labor is one of the only few non-alienated things that uh, happen in a fucking city and it's kind of the, you know, I've, I don't feel like I have a territory, you know? I live in, like, a gentrified fucking place that sucks ass. It's not, like, my my land. Like, I, I don't see myself in, you know, in Zapata's uh, uh, phrase of, of land and freedom. Because I have no fucking land, and there's no fucking <laughs> mm-hmm. freedom in capitalism. So, but, when women who do housework, they have to interact with each other. You know, they have to go to the market. Instead of just going to the same fucking cubicle, they go and shop and talk and, and take care of kids, they interact with teachers, they interact with salesmen, and they start to see their community as territory. And that's kind of fucking dangerous, <laughs> you know? That's also something that it's not just like the proletariat or the peasant, like, women, anyone who does labor is a potential vector to yeah. destroy capitalism. And, and, like, this was a problem uh, with some queer people who read the manifesto. Like, they said, oh, well, where, where, where does this leave this part of the queer community? Like, are they oh. uh, class traitors? And no, because it's not yeah. about men and
3: women. You know, it's not only that. It's Queer people are a class. Well, it's about getting rid of the system that creates this system of oppression yeah. um, that, that everybody is subject to.
2: Another great point about this is that even if we're looking just at cis queer people, (laughs) by necessity, they're going to do housework completely different. If there's not (laughs) both a man and a woman in your relationship, that transforms how housework is done. Because you cannot split it up. Well, you hire a Mexican maid.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, gay men take care of their houses and lesbians are slaps. That, uh, that is pretty much universal. Check out what
1: happens when you can't escape gender. So what's going to happen when two lesbian mothers raise a son? You know, that's a big issue in queer communities I mean, that have the luxury of having of, have, of having stable enough communities to <laughs> have that happen. A lot of lesbians in New York have destroyed right. their relationships because of the child. I mean, child. imagine
2: raising children without a man being there. I mean, how, what would you even do? <laughs> I have a friend who is raised by two lesbian mothers, and they turned out to be non-binary.
1: Wow. I love Steven Universe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> man, I can't believe that the conservatives were right. And that <laughs>
2: I mean all the kids would be gay. I mean I, we are boogeyman of the conservatives. We want to turn you gay. We want to turn you trans.
3: We want to make
2: <laughs> communism with feminism.
3: Yeah. We are all that. Well Brendan has a lot of work to do because he's he's never once put his kids to bed, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs>
0: they put themselves to bed since they were two. Wow, destroying gender
1: by themselves. <laughs> Fucking heroes.
3: Vicky and Emma, it's, it's a fascinating manifesto. It's really very encouraging for people who are interested in gender issues and gender abolition. It's, it paints a really good way forward. Um, we will make sure to link to that in the show description. And I think that it's time for us to take a little break. And then we'll come back and take everybody out on a high note.
4: Oh, so we're gonna get high? Cool.
3: Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you'd like to. I mean, if that's <laughs> gonna be your
4: high note, sure. Everybody's sat in a chair before. And, you know, most people have a special chair. Now, I, for a lot, a lot of people in my generation, it's my dad's lazy boy. But to him, that's as special as anything in here. But we would all be able to have accessibility, I guess, to a chair show. People have driven, you know, from from quite some distance. Uh, We've had people from up to three hours away come to see this show. And everybody has sort of the same sort of question in their mind, is why are chairs art? This is coming from one slab of wood. This isn't, you know, this is not a Kia where we're gonna put the parts together with a little key. This is is one piece of wood. And that's not always the case, but it, it, Gorgeous stuff to look at. Up until the Renaissance, a common person was not allowed to sit in a chair, a four-legged chair. Stools, stumps, benches were for ordinary people. You had to be a great religious person or royalty to get a four-legged chair. When you get into the 20th century, because now the fashion we're following is not Europe's fashion. Now we're following the fashions of America, very much tied to the fashions of American art, and in come these, these furniture makers with radical new ideas of very sleek, modern chairs that I would, I would warn you aren't quite as comfortable as the earlier versions, but they sure are sexy. So,
3: so everybody's guess, racist against the drow, is yeah. what I'm getting. <laughs>
2: I but, guess, no,
0: no, the yeah, Drow are racist. Like, they're no, yeah, because they're
2: all dark skinned and therefore evil. And then they're yeah, it sounds pretty fucking racist evil. to me,
1: Vicky. But there are Americans in Warhammer, eyes. so like Dark Elves <laughs> are bad because they're Americans. Like it's uh, yeah. if you think about it, Warhammer decolonized the Drow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's I love <laughs> Warhammer.
0: If people are not familiar with Warhammer, it's just D and D but in the future. And
3: and uh, racist in different and ways. gross. Everybody's awful in Warhammer. I'm, I'm actually
2: in a I'm actually doing a Warhammer fantasy RP with uh, some friends. Yeah,
3: so yeah, oh, like the Dark 40K. Elves leaving America. Yeah. Like they, they conquered 40K, America. But
2: yeah. And Alright, speaking, yeah. speaking of speaking <laughs> of other
3: completely nerdy shit, um we were talking on the break that uh, I'm not super down with the idea of F O L X folks. Mm. It's spelling hilarious to me. Why? Why oh. is this so funny? I I find it just kind of annoying.
2: It look it's it's like they're taking something gender neutral and making it more gender neutral for some reason. <laughs> like, but, like it's more, just, and I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure whoever invented it did it to just save characters, and then we're like, oh yeah, it's totally to be gender neutral. Yeah, it's right. probably gonna, About like, it's the same folks. characters as
1: guys, so it kind of makes sense, <laughs> but, like, it is the ATM machine of gender, right? Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it already has... A- Gender neutrality and you did not be
3: same. I'm a person. I'm not saying that I'm going to be mean to anybody who uses the term. <laughs> just that I'm not going to adopt that. You know, there there are any number of things you can do to be as a as a cis het dude to to be an ally to the queer community. That one seems, I don't know, just very Tumblr-y to I me. I mean, just, it probably Look, is more Twitter. Just
2: call, every, just call everyone puny mortals. Cowards, that's, yeah, cowards. That's, <laughs> yes, that too. That's a totally gender-neutral way to uh, phrase it. Equal yeah. oh, opportunity. I saw this great tweet today, which was like, oh, instead of saying ladies and gentlemen, you said you should go friends and enemies.
1: oh uh so there's like two like i have three competing ideas one it's it's a tumblr thing which it's like it's someone thought about it and it went viral for some reason and now we deal with it uh the other is it's a twitter thing because it saves characters and like twitter
3: used to be more constrained so and that second one makes a lot of sense to me i mean obviously like even in even in 280 characters sometimes you want to save a character. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you, g-
1: you need an emoji real bad, you know? Right. It's, and, and it's like... Well, and the X are you need three exclamation points, not just two. Two is just, <laughs> just one. Like, just use yeah. one and say folks. <laughs> like normal folks. <laughs> but, um, Biki, you said you know about a little bit about the history of women. Oh, with the Y. Yes, yeah, yes. That, weird that actually...
2: So that started in the '70s with radical feminists, and it got immediately co-opted by uh, the turfs of the day uh, because back the then OGs. they called themselves they called themselves women born women. Oh, that's and the they originator. Always spelled it with Yik. the Y. Yeah, uh, it's Yikes. not the original. It's not the originator for the Y. Oh, but it came like. Within a year of the Y being used,
0: oh, and so this was so that it wouldn't contain the word men. Yes, as well. Yeah. To so be like, it was women or lesbians. Like men, s- and so they're yeah. breaking
2: free from that. And it was, it was used mostly by lesbian separatists, oh, and it was yeah, mostly no, 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 used. It. And it was mostly used in the context of saying, "Oh, we only accept women, born women."
1: But, but right, right. Like the thing is, like. The, the, the original context for the women, uh, colon something, colon women was to be a lesbian that only like talks to other women, like what makes me extra womanly is not having like a, an extra chromosomical vagina, it's fucking other women, which
3: fair, you know,
1: like, go on, hell yeah.
3: Most of the left just calls that being Volcel. Like cell is gender neutral.
0: Right. Well and I think it's funny it's funny because there's a real push in, you know, the English language to to like degender a lot of language. And I'm interested to hear about like what your experience is working with a like uh. language is an integral part of your of your Your gender is an integral part of of the Spanish language. Oh, Oh,
1: actually, that's got to be really awkward. It's really funny. Try to
0: de-genderize. because
1: like this shit comes in waves. Like sometimes, like uh, we we used to use like uh, at, like the at symbol. Uh, And you still sometimes see that a lot. Emailing
0: each other, all the Latin
1: at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you saw that a lot. Like x is being a little bit more popular, or e. Like a lot of times when a or o are gendered. Uh, E is like the the, the gender neutral and uh, honestly like I I pronounce, I use X in my own pronouns, I pronounce E because it's easier and like Latinx doesn't really sound really good in Spanish, it's kind of awkward like, Latinx it yeah. actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I especially, didn't read that. Yeah. One especially no, in English, it's fucking I like cool. It. I love it in, in English, but ah, in Spanish, like, I have 50 different ways to pronounce the X. Like, Mexico is Mexico. And, like, <laughs> Latine, yeah. Right. Latinx is kind of <laughs> <Latine>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, if, uh, hey, and if you use it, go on. You're so valid. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, the, the kind of weird thing is that since it always comes in waves, like, if you meet, like, woke people from different ages, like, example. Subcomandante Marcos from the Zapatistas fucking loves using O and A. So, and that's stuck with the Zapatista community. So, you have like the translation from gender neutral indigenous languages into Spanish just gets called like per- persons is personas instead of personas or, person- uh. or personas, which is not a word, there's no personas, but whatever. Like, the point yeah. is, like, OAS is such a 90s way to say it. And it's so cute, like it's adorable. <laughs> I fucking love them because they still talk yeah, like 90s should... hippies. Oh, really? We should go with a uh, person. <coughs> Yeah, <laughs> <Us>. <laughs> we and, just and, like, my strangle our is ourselves don't, as we say don't, it. My my policies, you know, let people live. Like maybe suggest a couple things, but I'm not gonna like scold the Zapatistas in gender. Are you fucking shitting me? Like I'm not gonna right. walk up to them and say, actually, <laughs> the the current uh, iteration is with an X, and probably in ten <laughs> years it's gonna be something else. But you should uh, uh, pay attention to me, the person who just came up with this. <laughs> not the, not. Like, Zapatistas have been accepting non-binary people from, since, since before I was born, so I should maybe <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs>
2: I remember you asked me how I wanted to do my pronouns to be done in Spanish, and I settled on the X in my pronouns purely because I wanted to be edgy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's also oh, easier. Yeah. Like, I got, I gotta be honest. <laughs> like, even, even when <laughs> I, so I, pronounce, I pronounce, I pronounce e, but year. I
3: have to write x because it's just, it's just cooler, you know? Right. All right. While we still have time on this episode, we we've got to take it out on a high note. Brendan, what do you got for me? Um, All right, I'll go great, first. That's I'll, a great one. Okay, that's fine. I'll go first. Um, actually, kind of related to some of the stuff that we've talked about. Uh, YouTube has gone on a bit of a jihad about uh, getting rid of some of these uh, right-wing, I'm not going to say commentators, I'm going to say instigators, uh, particularly Steven Crowder, who, again, related to what we've been talking about all night, uh, got his ban because he's been just directing targeted harassment based on a another dude's sexuality i mean first. he got it because he's yeah. it to,
1: to t-shirt sales so
3: yeah <laughs> t-shirts with but slurs it's still
1: funny to see him getting get fucking screwed up so it's but bad. they
0: still can't do it right because they're also banning like people who are covering like look at what these horrible yeah. nazis are, are right. saying their
1: youtube is just bad at everything i can't wait oh, for yeah. the folding ideas episode on this because the way they covered every YouTube drama is fucking fantastic. Like the time that the the oh, the, yeah. the uh, I don't know which brothers fucked up. I don't know if it, I, Fine I, Bros. Yeah, the Fine Bros. I was Fine thinking Bros. of the Green Brothers. They have another video on them. <laughs> but yeah,
0: but wait, but they're not even getting kicked off of YouTube. They're just getting demonetized, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they can still
0: post their fucking show. They didn't deplatform them at oh, no, all. Like that's like the
2: weakest oh, shit. Yeah. They so apparently at one point People working at YouTube were like, okay, if we put all these right-wing instigators into, like, their own category, how popular would it be? And it was, like, up there with gaming and music as one of the oh, most sure. popular
3: categories. Yeah, was, <clears throat> mostly
1: because they put it in the recommendations.
3: <laughs> well, it was yeah. that thing. It's, it's that algorithmic thing where, like, I want to watch the video about, uh like, uh, stage 4-2 on Mario Brothers, uh, which is super fascinating, and then all of my recommendations suddenly are about like Ben Shapiro. And, yeah, no, I yeah.
0: I totally noticed this because I was like looking up on YouTube. I was like, oh, the Disney opened the Star Wars Land. Like, let's see some video of the crazy Star Wars Land. I bet it looks cool. And I accidentally like put Star Wars into YouTube. And it was like I know what you're into. <laughs> it's, uh,
1: it's misogyny. Like you, here yeah, we yeah, go. The only you go. You want to talk
3: about how bad the Last Jedi was?
1: The only time the YouTube algorithm has, uh, I've noticed people sometimes stuff gets popular because of the YouTube algorithm, but no one complains because it fucking rules. Because my <laughs> my note was going to be uh, Bon Appetit and Sue, which are the the one the two channels that YouTube algorithm delivered into my platter, and I said thank you, you've saved my life. Because uh, one is just talking about animals as if they were video games, and you are analyzing the meta. Oh, he's great! Oh, yeah, yeah tier that's what fucking oh. rules. And also, uh, uh, Bon Appetit, which is just like Brad uh, making like food, and uh, and Claire making like gourmet uh, twinks and not not twi- twinks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
2: twinks too.
3: A- I would take mm. a gourmet twink. Hell yeah, and I
2: mean boots riley was briefly back on twitter oh so i'm relevant <laughs> <Yeah>. relevant yeah
3: <laughs> did he get banned again what happened oh no he, uh, he, no, was he keeps there for a deleting
2: while. he keeps deleting his account
3: oh, because yeah. and because coming he back
2: keeps, to, to get mad yeah. again
1: it's it's such a mood. yeah,
3: weird... yeah smart, his, most, honestly.
2: Re- his I mean. most recent one was he was like oh you know uh The uh, Tiananmen Square is overblown, and China is capitalist, thereby pissing off everyone.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's amazing. He's really good at uh, riling people up, and it's hard to say that he's wrong most of the time. Yeah. He's really good at riling himself up,
2: too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Quite a skill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it, it, the last time, not this one, the last time he came back, it was incredible. Because it started, like, with a reflection of how social media occupies our time. And, like, it's it's really like this, like, you know, technology and whatever. Two hours later, just threads all over the place. <laughs> just getting mad at everyone. <laughs>
3: And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He proved me his too. own point. Mm. So, Vicky, is that your your high note from this episode? No, this cheer. is my high note. <laughs> Boots, Boots Riley coming back? That's my <laughs> high <laughs> note. I love Very it. good. Lovely. All right, well, Brenda, you think, got something for us?
0: Well, you know, when you mentioned Bon Appetit, it did remind me that one thing that has been giving me joy is Nailed It Season 3 on Netflix, where. This is a baking competition mm. where the people are not very good at baking. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they try to make elaborate cakes. And this show, actually, there is a Spanish language uh, season as well that they release, oh. which is actually really good as yeah.
2: well, where they're baking, like, quinceañera cakes and stuff like that. <laughs> nice. It's fucking oh, great. I, I've <laughs> actually thought of something else. There's a YouTube channel I, I discovered recently. Actually, my roommate discovered it and sent it my way. And it's and it's this person who does ska covers of all these songs including oh, yeah. including like <laughs> ska covers of like the pokemon theme song and Whoa, stuff like that okay yeah nice and like the creator going... of it is the the person who does it uh does like all the instrumentation and they are non-binary and it's super cool oh, they are network on twitter Wow, that's just going for that
1: twenty-eight age demographic. Just (laughs) full them. like just blasting. Oh yeah,
2: they uh, specifically they were the theme to Pokemon Red and Blue. Like when you booted up.
1: Of course, they've also
2: done like the Mario theme. They've done multiple covers of like they've done multiple covers of the yeah Me Store and stuff like that. And and with that thick, thick bass. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and it is glorious, and I love it, and it brings
3: me so much joy. Well, there you have it, Flannel Nation. That's yeah. five high notes for the week. Dude, yeah.
0: You can't get higher than Scott.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can try. We have been delighted to have both Vicky Storm and M.A. Flores on the show. Thank you both. Yeah, sure, thank you for having us on. Uh, This is your plug time. Where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at DeathPigeon.
2: Follow me and give me your money, because that's a struggle.
3: They're very good.
1: Yes. Uh, You can find me at uh, devoted underscore poopa and at International House of Hot Takes, the best... Uh, and only podcasts from the left in Spanish.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, you need to follow back. Um, stop being, stop being an asshole, dude. No, uh, you've no, you
1: my podcast. Pers- name. I know. Uh,
3: <laughs> it is glorious.
2: Uh, the the uh, like the uh, avatar on Twitter for it is great too. Oh,
1: that, they were done by, by uh, another non-binary Mexican person called B, which you also should follow their their comics. Uh, I, I will probably link them because they're so relatable. Nice. Is there is there IHOP in Mexico? Is it oh, truly yeah. international? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there? Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, okay. uh, I think some. it's random which cities get them, but there's more of them than, I don't know, Johnny Rockets or I. Then there.
0: Like, uh, I always questioned how international they truly were. One of, my <laughs> One of my
2: favorite jokes is the International House of Pentechoic.
4: I mean, they're I
1: not called pancakes here, which is the weird thing. Like Here, there's something weird that happened with some words in Spanish, like, we don't, you say tuxedo, we say smoking, which is also hell in English. Hell yeah. So, like, and and we don't say uh, pancake, we say hot cake. It's like that ketchup, catsup thing.
0: This, this name just keeps getting better. Yeah, so, like, the
1: joke is that hot takes sounds like hot cakes, So it's kind of like the version of, you know, you translate it, but you don't because we're from Mexico City where things are weird and there's like a taco place, an actual taco place next to an IHOP. So, you know, that's basically our podcast. Like if you see that picture... You'll understand why the fuck we talk about Avengers in Spanish and then go, go into <laughs> politics. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. So, if you want to listen to a good podcast and teach yourself Spanish,
3: please <laughs> oh, do. Oh, don't, don't listen to me. My accent is terrible. You'll never understand anything. <laughs> go listen to someone from Colombia. And meanwhile, if you want to hear more hot cakes, uh, you can follow our show at Liquid Undershore Flannel. And uh, I mostly just post about breakfast food on my personal twitter i'm matthew okay then Matt, i am Matt following Gwayte back Practice with a w hell yeah Brandon.
0: i'm at brenda williams with one
3: l what do you post about it's, I it's just post. It basically it's fried eggs Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you had, a,
0: you had a great day today he is definitely triggered by by uh, eggs and ham uh, it's, it's it brings back uh, some I ptsd
2: had a, i had a great troll the, the other day where uh I used like Z- I applied like Zeno's paradoxes to evolution.
3: Mm. <laughs> to no,
2: prove evolution false yeah. uh. because motion is impossible. You know this book is really going people- to change the way. <laughs> yeah, I got people taking me a hundred percent serious, and I just went- <laughs> I just went with it and kept on making arguments for. Here's how motion is impossible. Therefore, evolution
1: is wrong. <laughs> you know, being in this podcast, it's really going to change the way I, I talk about gender because I finally made the connection between our manifesto and the thing that really replicated it in small scale, that is the men's live Reddit. Like yeah. that, that, that hardening of men's rights because they had to fight feminists. It's, it's just like it's miniature gender accelerationism. It's incredible.
3: Yeah. So, well I, I think uh, I think You and I, I I think maybe this entire group Could talk about men's lib And where it fits into the whole uh, Gender dynamic but we are out of time Hell yeah We've, we've already done yeah. the this good This
1: is to have in, in, in <laughs> Between ourselves
3: <laughs> It's been a delight uh, M.A., Vicky Thank you so much for joining us Thank you for yeah. having us Yeah it's incredible Hell yeah. We'll, we'll do it again sometime soon. And Liquid Flannel listeners, we will be back next week. See ya.